If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, everyone. It is Podcast Unlocked, episode 519, one of several unlocks you're going to be watching, we hope over the next several days, because let me just give you the quick air traffic controller rundown of what we're doing. So we have a regular show right now. That's what you're watching. That's what you're listening to. We're going to talk a lot about Forza Horizon 5 because it is amazing. It is a 10 out of 10. It is currently my vote for game of the year. And I want to talk to everybody else about that as well. Uh, But then Thursday, Miranda and I are going to record. We will, uh, that is when her big, campaign hands-on preview for Halo Infinite. Everything that you've been waiting for us to put up goes up on Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern. We're going to record a separate little conversation there. I want you to read her preview. It's very long. It's very detailed. It's not really spoilery as far as story stuff. It just talks about gameplay flow and the world and what have you. Uh, But we're going to do a little conversation so that uh, we can kind of go back and forth because you know, I got to play as well. I want to. I want to see uh, how Miranda's feeling about it a couple weeks later. So look for that. Then, November fifteenth, the twentieth anniversary of Xbox, we will have a special episode of Unlocked with a special guest who uh, is a friend that we haven't seen in a while. And no, it's not Phil Spencer. Just to just to head that off <laughs> the past. We got to go. We're going all the way back. We're going all the way back to the beginning. So uh, stay tuned for that. And then we'll have still a regular show next Tuesday which will be the 16th, usually they usually post around the end of the day, Pacific time, just covering whatever happens between now and then. So <laughs> there are four bits of Unlocked to look out for. You're already watching slash listening to one of them. And with that, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I'm joined by the crew, Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hi, hello. Stella Chung, how are you? Hey, I am very good. <laughs> Very good. Let's see if we'll get that to awesome by the end of this. That's the goal, because we're going to be talking about some excellent (laughs) video games. And Destin Legary. Bam! Hey, everybody. There it is. (laughs) There it is. Good to see all four of you. Uh, So, again, yeah, housekeeping notes out of the way. Hey, one one more quick thing. 
it is November, which means you need to start seriously thinking about the gifts that you plan to give this year. Fortunately for you, we've got a live stream coming up to help you find the perfect gift for anyone on your list, even if that person is you, even if you're just shopping for yourself. Make sure to visit IGN.com on Tuesday, November 16th. We're throwing a lot of dates at you here at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific to see our friends Seth Macy, Brian Altano, and Akeem Lawson help guide you through getting the perfect holiday gifts. So that should be a fun live stream with those guys. Check that out. Speaking of live streams, the Xbox anniversary live stream, there's no shortage of things to watch and listen to. There's so much. (laughs) There's a lot. Uh, (laughs) We've got the Xbox anniversary live stream. We've been talking about that the last couple of shows. That is coming up on, of course, the anniversary day, November 15th. It starts at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern right here on IGN, on any of IGN's channels. And again, uh, head of the game studios at Xbox, that's Matt Booty. He reminds everyone, quote, while we won't announce any new games, this anniversary broadcast will be a special look back at 20 years of Xbox. So you can watch that and then watch the special anniversary episode of Unlocked. We're doing our own little anniversary party with that, with, with again, our aforementioned special mystery special guest. And speaking of anniversaries, Boy, I'm talking a lot. We're going to get to everybody else in a second, I promise. <laughs> this week marks the 10th anniversary of one of my favorite games ever, The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. It's November 11th, of course, 11-11-11, as we approach 11-11-21 and look forward to 11-11-22 for the release of Starfield. I got to fly out last week to Bethesda, and I sat down face-to-face in actual 3D real space with Todd Howard, which felt really good. Haven't seen Todd in a couple of years. Uh, so did a sit down with him, Unfiltered is back. Uh, he's, I believe, my first two-time guest on Unfiltered. And we talked about the legacy of Skyrim, but yes, also Starfield, also The Elder Scrolls Six. So that's up now. Please check that out. Super proud of that one. You can uh, watch it on IGN or on youtube.com slash IGN or listen to it. There's an Unfiltered podcast feed on most of the major podcast services. And that's all, right, all we uh, have time for today. No, and that's the end of the show. We'll see everybody next time. Now let's 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 get everybody else involved here. Destin, I want to go to you first because oh goodness, you I feel like are representative. You represent something that I want to talk more about, which is people that are discovering how great Forza Horizon is. And I'm not trying oh, to yeah. say that as some like hipster. I was there in the beginning thing, but what I've been seeing this like people are falling in love with this game through Game Pass. You know, the other Horizon games are there, but. Horizon 5 is out. It is a 10 out of 10 on IGN from our esteemed racing game expert. And I do, I cannot emphasize that word enough. Luke is, I would put Luke up against any other game critic in the world when it comes to the racing game genre. He is, he plays everything. He knows it inside and out. He's been giving upper nines to Forza Horizon the last couple of times out. And it's a 10 this time. That is where we are with Forza Horizon 5. Destin, I want to start with you here. I know you've been going down the rabbit hole. Uh, How great is this video game? It is a 10 out of 10. I absolutely agree with the review. I, uh, Mark was Mark Medina, friend of the show was also playing alongside me. And both of us were like, this is really good, right? Like it's amazing. (laughs) And, uh, like I've played Forza Horizon four, a substantial amount, not too much. Like, not like I did Forza Horizon five. 
then Forza Horizon 5 comes out and I there's just something about it. It's constantly throwing fun things to do at you. Be that driving to your next destination where you're also trying to like build up your multiplier or maybe you hit a speed sign on the way, then you get distracted doing that or there's some jump that you want to beat your best friend's score at. Um, it's It's just this constant... Uh, I don't know, reinforcement of fun (laughs) throughout the entire experience of it. And then like uh, online was activated and uh, I went hopped in online and I started playing all those modes with people, like even just using stock cars and a totally random user. And I started messaging each other. We had this really close race. He and I were like neck and neck for first and second. And we messaged each other after like, that was an awesome race. Good stuff. (laughs) And like, I think I don't remember where we placed. Um, but it, it was like neck and neck. It was it was just such a fun, organic experience. I it's hard to put down. Once you, once I turn this game on, it's like okay, it's nine p.m. Oh, okay, it's one a.m. <laughs> it, you just get like sucked into the world of Forza Horizon Five, and I haven't been this hooked on a racing game since maybe Gran Turismo on the PlayStation Two was the last one that I really really got my teeth into. Um, and this one just just it just Ryan, I can't even put my finger on what it is. It's just this a constant moment to moment fun giving game. <laughs> yeah, put that on your box, uh, Forza Horizon 5. <laughs> I don't think the box is big enough to fit all of that. Yeah. But um I, yeah, I adore I, this game and in a in a really, really uh surprise it surprised me. It's great. Uh and I, I think a lot of people are are going through the same thing I am. They're just like, wow, this is awesome. Destin, if if yeah. voting happened today, which it doesn't, but mm-hmm. if ha- if voting happened today, is this your game of the year? Possibly. I I'm nominating th- two games for me personally. Yeah. Are in contention right now, and that's Returnal, which I adored, yeah. and Forza Horizon Five, and. I have to wonder, like, could a racing game ever win game of the year? Because I think this is the first time where I'm like, this this game legit has a shot. It is so, it is that good. It's getting a nomination from me at, at bare minimum. Yes. Yeah, totally with you there. And I'm, I'm kind of with you too. I I have a Sony, uh, my front runners are a Sony exclusive and an Xbox exclusive. Because uh, yeah. up until Horizon showed up, uh, Ratchet and Clank was my was my yeah. vote, you know, for the moment. And uh, obviously the year's not over yet, but... Yeah, I think you know you're 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 getting to it, and that's uh, the fact that you know what. There's no pressure in this game. It's yeah. completely like it's not that it's relaxed. It can be relaxing, but there's just there's no pressure to it. It's just like it is, and this is an unintentional horrible pun given the developer. It's a playground, right? Yeah. It is. It is a playground of just constant fun things in a in a beautiful place and i was uh i finally got to sit down with it i actually didn't really get to play it much until the weekend and then i finally i lost the same thing i lost myself in it and i knew i would and what i kind of i mean i've thought about this for the last couple of horizons but for me i think there's a there's a subtle but clear distinction between forza horizon and everything else and that is, you know, Destin, you called it a racing game. I would actually politely disagree with you. It has racing in it, but mm-hmm. I think part of what the reason why it's really starting to catch on with, with 
people now, including people like yourself that aren't normally racing game fans is, I think it's a driving game. It's because, okay. right, it's the whole thing is you just go out and drive. It's kind of about the love of the cars. And, yeah. you know, maybe you run into somebody, whether it's a friend or a, or a new Xbox Live friend, and you just do an event together. It is about the love of driving rather than the love of racing, which can be two different things. Would you agree with that? Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because one of the cars in the game is like the Toyota Celica GT, which was my first car. My first car was a Celica stick shift, not the GT model. But uh, it reminded me of like that memory. So I just, I had to get my first car, right? <laughs> and uh, drive that around in the game. And it's not like super cool or anything like that. But there's there's tons of examples like that. Like I, I've always loved Lamborghinis. So I went and I'm just like, well, I want to get, I'm really excited to do this mission with the Countach. I'm excited to play all these Lamborghini missions. Um, I, I like the muscle cars also, and I, I play with those. So I agree with your assessment that it is a, you call it a driving game, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. So it's a driving game, but I think if you want it to be, it can be a racing game. Absolutely. Right? So it's meeting this perfect medium of people like me that are just novices in the driving genre who just enjoy playing these games and doing the challenges and everything like that and occasionally getting into the races and, and having a good time but separately the enthusiasts can also dive in like we're seeing in the footage here now where they're they're customizing their car. My car yeah 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 so you can customize your vehicle you can hop in you can change the engine sounds which has been something a lot of enthusiasts have been talking about because they're really excited that there actually is tuning in that respect for once because the engine sounds actually do are much more distinct. And then there's just the factor of it that it's just gorgeous. It's a gorgeous looking game. There's so many positive things going on with the game that uh, it's just hard to pick one to focus on even, you know? Now, uh, Moran and Stella, I don't mean to leave you out. Have, have, I know, uh, Stella, you've been busy with Call of Duty and with another game you're reviewing. I don't know if either of you have had a chance to dive into Horizon as of yet. <laughs> no. I have not i was actually gonna ask is it on game pass it is absolutely i mean yeah. this might be i i definitely am gonna play this on uh xbox then because like it i feel like driving is way better on controller as mm -hmm. much as i love pc yeah so maybe this weekend when i have a little bit of time to breathe if i do <laughs> uh i could definitely do that i've never been i've never found myself getting pulled towards driving games but a lot of my friends who are kind of in the same boat as me they're just like yeah it's gorgeous like it's so fun because i guess you can just you know, jam out, you can listen to music, you can yep. play the mm -hmm. game and you can just kind of, you can vibe, which is what I want because uh, let's be real, the pandemic's still really stressful. So <laughs> the fact that this game is out and the fact that it has such a positive community, um, yes. I actually oh, yeah. saw that in offline play, you can actually, they have a lot of accessibility features. So you can actually slow down uh, how fast the game plays. So you can lower the speed so that you can have better reaction times if you're really struggling to get around turns and stuff. So it adds more accessibility options for people which is really, really nice. And that's already a huge win in my book. But for me personally, I, as even if I do really like this game, I think Deathloop is still my game of the year. That's fair. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's where I'm at with game of the year. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah, I mean, for me too, it's, uh, I, again, this is going to sound like a Forza Horizon hipster thing to say. And I don't mean to sound <laughs> it sounding this way, but I do feel like having 
covered all of these since I mean since I was at OXM when the first one came out. We, we get it. You were there since the beginning. Okay. okay. <laughs> no. Well. I, okay. I want to see if you if any of you agree with me or disagree with me, but I feel like Horizon Five now is the first time that this game is as it has deserved for a while being treated like a traditional AAA blockbuster game launch. Because I feel like, you know, it started as the the offshoot of motorsport. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's a it's a racing game. It's a, you know, we're, but but it's in an open world. Okay. Oh, it's really good. Horizon Forza Horizon 2. Oh, Forza Horizon 3. Wow, this is really good. But okay, yeah, it's that it's that other it just feel like it was kind of treated as a as a second tier game, even four, which reviewed tremendously. Uh, four, I feel like it got critical acclaim at launch, and it uh, you know and it it it's, was recognized. But I feel like the momentum has kind of built for this franchise since four, largely through Game Pass, where people have picked this up and tried it out and gotten into it, and now I feel like. That this is getting the like the same respect that you know a a Halo launch would get or a Gears of War launch would get that I didn't feel like it was getting before because it's a driving slash racing game. I think Destin, you were saying before, like I don't know if a racing game could win Game of the, and I think it's that yeah. sentiment which I, I know I'm not picking on you, but that is a, that is a thing that's out there that's been out there, and I think that's sort of been part of. Part of what's uh, you know kept Horizon from really leveling up as a franchise well, in, in the greater public consciousness. You voted four for Game of the Year, didn't you? What year was it? I don't remember. I know was... you voted one of the Horizons for Game of the Year, and four was really good. And I played four for a little bit. It didn't hook me like this one did. Yeah. There's something about this one that is just like hitting the perfect mix of everything to pull people in and like Stella, it hit game pass today. So like, you're not behind or anything. There was a little confusion because like they were talking about launch day versus like game pass day. Well, if you're listening to unlock, it's on game pass now. So you can hop yeah. in and, and try it out for yourself and make your own determination. But uh, yeah, I, for me, I think this is the first one that could be game. I think it could win game of the year. I think so just to chime in real quick it being on game pass is sort of a huge deal because i see why people love this but for people like me i would not pay money to play this game like extra money in addition to game pass just because mm -hmm. like i'm not really a big fan of like racing games or driving games i kind of yeah. like like butzing around in them like i'm just gonna go climb that mountain with this very expensive car mm -hmm. um i'm not i don't even own a car i don't i don't care for driving especially um however i think there's an an appeal to that exploration aspect and just being out somewhere. And obviously we know Playground Games is just known for doing these beautiful sceneries and this just beautiful, immersive location. And I think, of course, we saw a lot of that with Horizon 4, at least for me, that's where I really got into it. Um, and it's just like casual, like I don't have much of an interest in the actual racing part. Mm -hmm. uh, so being able to present it with more options that take you into other activities that aren't just racing is definitely more appealing. Um, and I think that's sort of just sort of a big part of it to your point, Ryan, about maybe people feeling a little less excited about this versus like maybe more of the, uh, mainline Forza games that are I, I, taken more as a serious, you know, right. racing Sims. 
Whereas this, I think is just a little bit more fun, but in a way, I think this is also, that's also made Horizon more appealing for people who don't want to do the, I don't, I don't care what the engine sounds like. I, I'm so glad <laughs> yeah. they added that for people who do care. It just reminds me of an ex and I'm like, man, I don't want to think about that. Uh, but you know, um, I mean, like, I'm very glad to hear how immersive and how detailed you can get. But then also when you look at something like Horizon for me, it's great because I can just like jump in and not have to worry about those, but I can, if I choose to get like into the deep dive into it. And so I think that's what is so nice about Horizon and just the, there's a playfulness there, of course, that's not with, there with the mainline series. Um, and then just coming back to it all, it being on Game Pass is sort of huge because if you already have it, why not just download it and try it for a weekend? Like maybe it will hook you, maybe it won't, but at the very least you can try to play this like 10 out of 10 game, which is a pretty big deal. Your your point about barrier to entry is is really uh uh good because all it is is a download really and a Game Pass subscription, right? By the way, speaking of our gift guide, if you want to give somebody the gift that seems to keep on giving, <laughs> Xbox Game Pass this holiday, <laughs> you can subscribe for just a dollar. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. But but really, uh, if you have Game Pass and you're hearing all this buzz about it, already at a million players right now i have to imagine that the numbers are at least going to double once once it hits the service because of people like miranda who are like sort of interested they've heard all this praise all this buzz about it and now they get to hop in and join the fun yeah it's uh i i i've said this for the last few i'm sure we could like go back and find the receipts on this but i feel like every time a horizon game has come out i say I don't know how Playground can top this <laughs> for next time. Um, I think that sort of started with two. So, because one, so, some old school Horizon fans might come after me, but like Forza Horizon was a very good game. It, it was a very good game. Forza Horizon 2 is when it it just like made the leap into, into the, the next level. And then, uh, and Horizon 2 was set in the south, the south coast of France unbelievable setting stunning game uh and then three took it to australia leveled the whole thing up again absolutely brilliant four takes it to the uk to playground zone backyard adds the seasons uh this series has also folded in like forza invented the rewind feature in racing games that's just like an assumed natural part of this now it also motorsport also invented uh, the drive guitars that we now take for granted that, you know, Destin's, I, I can be racing along and there's Destin's drive guitar being a dick to me on the track. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks, Destin. Oh, and it's all, all these, it's just like, and then all the accessibility features that you guys were talking about. And it's it's kind of just rolled up all these little innovation, uh, just innovations and, and inventions and, and uh, little tips and tricks and just, things that have made the game better. And obviously, Destin, you talked about the look of this game. I mean, this is, it is cross-gen. You can absolutely play it and enjoy the heck out of it on the Xbox One. But if you've got a Series X or a high-octane PC, it, you will you will see uh, something, probably the best-looking car game ever to this point. <laughs> it, yeah. is, uh, it is that good-looking. And yeah, it's, I didn't know, I didn't think that that they could top four. But I do think this is a better game. It is somehow, again, a better game. And I'll say it again. I don't know how they're going to top this 
for the next one. Now they they had an extra year this time. Uh, you it had been on a two year cycle, and this was a three year cycle. So uh, from 2018 to 2021. So I don't know if we'll see the next one in uh, in 2023 or 2024, but it's just unbelievable to see the momentum that it, it you know this not to not to just stretch the analogy too far, but Horizon's trajectory it almost reminds me of the Xbox brand as a whole. Like it's this it's been this slow building momentum that's finally starting to pay off with like just mass market recognition from all the incredible work that's put into it but uh and it and i'm i don't just think it's a 10 out of 10 because it has a delorean in it but it does have a DeLorean <laughs> in it. i had to get that so quick like as soon as i saw it i had to unlock it because i think that was the first week of challenges or whatever yeah. so i'm like i have to get this for ryan and as soon as i got you it, I tweeted, it. Although we I tweeted are... that photo at you <laughs> i do have to uh educate you on the proper spelling of DeLorean Destin. I saw Oh, you. did I do it wrong? <laughs> you got wow. it wrong. That's okay. Well, uh, it's a car. It's not around anymore. And it's a, uh, it's all right. We'll get you there. D-E-L-O-R-I-A-N, right? E-A-N. Yeah. With a, oh, with a capital oh. L, the intercapped L, similar to McCaffrey, how it's MC capital C, but uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, John DeLorean. But yeah, the, uh, just the, the, the amount of stuff to do in the game, it's so casual. It's so inviting. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would argue, and granted, to be fair, her, uh, Motorsport, Forza Motorsport, hasn't come out since 2017. There have mm -hmm. been now two Horizons since the last Motorsport, but I would still, I, so it's a little unfair, but I would, I think the numbers would bear out if we had those Microsoft numbers in front of us. I, I think Horizons, like, bigger and more popular than Motorsport is now. Think. Oh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, but um, it's it certainly speaks to a wider demographic, mm -hmm. I think, because of the casual nature of it, right? Uh, motorsport, you know, it's like super hyper technical and everything yes. like that, or at least that's your expectation. You go into this and it's just like, yeah, I can do some sick jumps. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and it's good to know it's going to have staying power because it has a battle royale. So we know that every game <laughs> needs a battle royale. Otherwise, you know, it's doomed oh, according to the uh... internet. And this one has it. So it's going to stick around for forever. Oh, the battle God. royale, in all seriousness, though, the battle royale mode, I played it a few times. It's really fun. You start out with a bug and then you have, you like, you go to these drops and you level up your car. And then it all ends in a big uh, race moment where you try and race to the finish line once there's like 12 people left. Yeah. It's cool. It's really, really fun to do. And you can challenge people if you if you drive up on somebody, you can just do a challenge and it'll give you a, a point like really far away from the center of the circle that you have to race towards. It's, I love the cool radio mode. stations. Cool. I love mm -hmm. the the I think I made I think I first made this analogy with Horizon 2, so it's been a while. To me, Forza Horizon is it is the video game equivalent of a 72 degree breezy summer day. That is what this video game is to me. It is just like unendingly pleasant. There is nothing unpleasant about it. And I hope everybody gives it a shot on Game Pass. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, 
TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D, and that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also out this week, or either since we last recorded or coming out later this week, we got Riders Republic, got an 8 on IGN. We've got the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Remaster, which is what, the, the definitive edition. That is coming out, what's the, I think it's Thursday? The it's 11th Thursday. and yes. San Andreas comes the Game Pass, which right. is, it's nuts to me that Xbox got San Andreas and first, and then PlayStation got GTA 3. It's just, it seems like the PlayStation would be the more natural alignment because those games originally launched on PS2, but whatever. Uh, I'll quick take plug. it. <laughs> quick yeah. plug, please use our guide. If you need any cheats, you need any help, we got you. Just gonna just go through. We've been working really hard and making sure a lot of our older legacy guides are up to date and making sure they're actually helpful. So we prioritize San Andreas just because it is the largest. So if you do download on Game Pass and you need a little bit of help or you want to cheat a little bit, <laughs> got you. <laughs> Love it. Excellent plug. Uh, and then the the game I want to talk to Stella about is Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, you are, I believe, the only one of the four of us that's had that's been able to put some time in on it. Uh, I have Ooh, not. I Go ahead, I played Destin. a little. You played, I played a little? A oh, little. good. Well, then yeah. I'll let, let you uh, jump in as well. But Stella, you played, I think, a little, did you say a little campaign and some multiplayer? And, and I want to I hear what you think. We gave it a seven overall on IGN. Yeah. Uh, at least the, or the campaign was a seven, pardon me. And I okay. think we, the other two, the multiplayers are going up later today. I don't think they're quite done yet as we record. Um, yeah, so I didn't actually play campaign. I was the lead on our multiplayer okay. stuff. Um, okay. First things I need to point out, time to kill is extremely fast. Extremely fast. Basically, 
it doesn't matter if you have a really good gun. If you shoot first, you win. <laughs> if you're the first person to shoot in an encounter, you win. Uh, time to kill is extremely fast. So now the weapons, the MP40 and the S... Uh, forget what it's called, but it's the first assault rifle that you start with are extremely OP right now. The entire community is very upset about this because the starting weapon that you get is so strong that why would you ever use anything other than that? It's like the Halo um, 1 pistol. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> what's so um, bad about that <laughs> um i think it's just bad because it's a call of duty so you want to be able to use other guns yeah. um the snipers don't feel as good as they did in previous games which is kind of a huge deal because i know in call of duty i mean sniping was kind of that sort of flex that you had so the fact that you don't really want to use snipers you want to run around using um the assault rifle and the mp40 that's that's kind of a big deal um, this I will say that though this game doesn't feel like it's run by score streaks, which is very nice. So you guys you can just run around and um, you know play objective or just kill enemies. This one has um, kill streaks though, right? There are, there are, yeah, there are a lot rather of... than score streaks because those are different. Um, no, there's was... score streaks. Okay, I couldn't remember from the beta because I thought it was kill. I could not remember, so I just wanted to I'm double check. I'm pretty with you. sure it's score streaks. I, I want to say, but yeah, they, they do have that reward for you, which is nice, mm -hmm. but like, it's not completely overrun, which is really good. So you're mm -hmm. not like constantly getting like the attack dogs, which are kind of ridiculously overpowered. You get taken down in one bite. So, um, very difficult. Uh, I will say the, it looks gorgeous, but it's really hard to point out your enemies sometimes, which is very interesting because in Cold War, you could actually see your enemy from a while, from a distance and you can make them out if you were able to spot them first so the color palette makes it a little difficult for you to point out enemies um they have a new duos and trios mode called champion hill and it's kind of like a tournament style um 2v2 and 3v3 but it's with like seven other teams and you face off against different teams uh within that lobby so it's pretty cool i like that a lot that's kind of the only game mode that i'm interested in in the multiplayer so okay. there's <laughs> can i ask you a general question about this yeah is it fun to be back in world war ii because no. it's been a little while <laughs> or is it just like oh this again it's oh this again Ooh. i like, i am cool so franchise fatigued i agree with you stella it's just like yeah i've done this <laughs> for 10 years yeah. <laughs> more than you that know. yeah it's it's another call of duty around. Right? Like people were like, oh, how do you like it? I'm just like, it's another Call of Duty. Like multiplayer is fine. It has yep. issues, but it's fine. It's just another, it, it's another title in the series. I am very upset though that Zombies is what it is now. It is a dumbed down version of Zombies before. It's no longer round based. It's objective based. Hmm. So you go, there's a central hub area where you have the Pack-A-Punch, which usually you had to find an Easter egg to unlock it. Now it's just there. Um, the Pack-A-Punch machine also doesn't, give you any extra like um gun abilities it now only increases the rarity of your gun from like uncommon rare rare to legendary so it's really disappointing um it doesn't feel rewarding to play the game and go through the different rounds um because once you complete one objective you take these portals you complete an objective then you come back and then you clear the area and that's a round so the fact that it's kind of this like dumbed down version of zombies which used to be one of my favorite modes like my friends and i would play for hours and hours try to get to the highest rounds that we could the fact that it's no longer rewarding and it's not very fun to play is super disappointing so the only game mode i come i i find myself coming back to is champion hill because it's very competitive which i'm all about 
Um, but yeah, this this whole game, the only thing that I'm interested in is one game mode. So yeah, <laughs> well, and is that worth sixty bucks? I don't know. You know, that's that's a tough decision for Stella. For how do you feel about the map design? Yeah, because uh, the, the footage we're watching is your preview, Miranda, which is yeah, an earlier build, I right? Hated this map. Yeah, where there's mm. sorry. Yeah, that uh, map sucks. <laughs> there's there's a there's a few maps that I actually hate. Like anytime it would come up, I it was just like the biggest groan. So uh, uh, granted, when I played, it was quite a while back. I haven't really had time for any other games aside from Animal Crossing and just like one other game. So it's just been very hard for me to like try any of the new things that are happening right now. Hopefully this weekend. Um. But I, th I think from when I played the multiplayer, it was largely frustrating and disappointing, um, I think, yes. compared to other Call of Duty. And I, I know everyone always has their like, well, Call of Duty always sucks. I'm like, uh, I mean, as a shooter, it is actually usually really competent and even yeah. great sometimes. Um, but lately, you, I think you can tell with this particular game with Vanguard, I think there was definitely a time issue with the production and you can kind of see it like even with Mansell, what you're talking about with zombies like that's just I, I like how could you do that to zombies um <laughs> it makes me just want to go back to what was it if, if we're gonna play a uh world war ii call of duty i'll just go back to straight up to world war ii because that zombies was actually really cool and oh kind of scary so like good. they try to go for that horror angle and it was it was yeah. so fun yeah, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Developer, I guess. Yes. Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> different, very different makeup on that team and I think leadership. And so it yep. is disappointing to hear how much it's been scaled back and just, yeah, I, I could see like a lot of it sounds like a time issue. But anyway, sorry, so how about those maps? <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like the destructibility. Um, Kind of disappointed that it was held to like some parts, like you, you, you know, it's like those old cartoons where you could tell something was going to crumble, right? Like in mm -hmm. DBZ and that anime when you knew that there was like something that was going to happen or fall because it stood out from the rest of the scene, right? That's what it feels like in these maps. Like, you know what's destructible, you know what's not because it's like that. So it's not like Battlefield where you can destruct everything, uh, which is fun because I, I don't want Call of Duty to be Battlefield. I want Call of oh, Duty yeah. to be Call of Duty. Speaking of, Blitz absolutely hated it. <laughs> um, way too many people. I know it goes from 8VA to 24v24, and I'm just like, we don't need that in a Call of Duty. We don't need that. Right. So um, just to clarify, so for Blitz, for people who don't know what the different modes are for Call of Duty, there's a new thing called, like, I forget what it's exactly called, but the battle pacing. Um, and so what you do in multiplayer is you can change how fast you want a game to go, which is really just like, how chaotic would you like it to be? Like, there's regular, there's Blitz, and then I forget, like, Tactical is the one below normal, basically. Tactical um, is, is the 6v6. And, yeah, so, um, yeah. So depending on the game mode and the maps, it'll like, tactical will reduce the number of player count usually that you'll get. Whereas like, you know, there's a normal standard player count. And then above that is Blitz, which is what Stella is talking about. And yes, <laughs> chaos. Chaos ensues. Yeah, it's, with with the high TTK that they have in this game, Blitz is just not fun because basically you just spawn and someone's next to you and you just die over and over again. So it's it's kind of it's kind of frustrating. Um, the map designs some were absolutely atrocious. <laughs> like some of them, the respawn points were terrible. You'd spawn and you'd be like, oh well, this enemy has a sight line from all the way over there. I'm dead. Um, so I definitely think they had some issues. I know they're launching. They launched with a lot of maps, which is great, but you can definitely tell in some of these maps. The balancing wasn't great so it's like yeah we get a lot of maps but some of them you can tell 
weren't really accounted for in terms of balancing. So it, it's a give and take. And um, I'm, I'm not really playing this a lot right now. <laughs> you know, I know that this game's going to sell. It, it's probably going to be the top selling game of the year again. I mean, it's been that way, I think, what is it, every year but one for the last 15 years or something. But uh, I, I will say anecdotally and for what little it's probably worth, I do feel like it's this, the Vanguard has gotten very drowned out in the sort of core gaming sphere conversation by Battlefield and by Halo. Like, I, I feel like nobody's really talking about Vanguard, and again, I know I'm sure there are millions of people playing it. I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like the game's a big flop or anything like that. But it does seem like it just has less of the conversation around it than than years past, and and I think that's maybe partially due to Vanguard, but also due to Battlefield and and especially Halo coming back and and stepping it up too. So well, I, Destin? I've talked I've talked about this on the show. I also think part of the problem is Warzone. Call of Duty Warzone is just available at any time for you to play. So like. If you want to play the latest and the greatest Call of Duty, you hop into Warzone. You know you can just download that for free and hop into a match and play. Granted, it's a battle royale and doesn't have the campaign and zombies and all these other modes. Um, I do agree with you, though, that this is going to sell like crazy. Uh, people are still going to play it because it, it's not even... It, there's a lot of people in the core that still play Call of Duty core gamers, I guess you would we refer to them as, like in our segmentation studies. I don't know what it means really, but whatever. And then there's like the wider mass appeal audience. Everybody knows Call of Duty is the shooter game you buy your grandkids every year, if they're of age, of course, you know? <laughs> and uh, sales just continue to either stay the same or increase. Call of Duty just had its best year, according to VentureBeat, which I just pulled up, uh, as of February. So February, Call of Duty, another amazing year for Call of Duty. And I'm sure that's that trend is going to continue. For me personally, I just feel I am incredibly, I'm franchise exhausted with Call of Duty. It's just been around so long. Uh, the, I played some of the campaign and playing through the campaign, I'm like, man, this is really, really gorgeous. I feel like I've done it 50 times. Granted, they did do some cool stuff with how the different characters have different options throughout the campaign experience. Uh, so. If you if you want to check out the review and just see what they did there, I would highly recommend just watching a review video. But man, I'm with all this other stuff coming, Ryan, with Forza asking for my time, with Halo asking for my time coming down the road, with uh even the Grand Theft Auto trilogy remaster. Um, like there's just I haven't even played Far Cry six yet. And then here's the another Call of Duty. You know, like if I miss this, am I really missing anything? Can I just play Call of Duty again next year when they release it. So You're not missing that, that's anything. where I'm at with the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's oh sorry. Oh, I, I was just gonna say real quick, just that like I, I, I like playing Call of Duty every year. I'm not fatigued of it. I like to see how they change things up. Like I used to review it every year for us until I got too busy too, usually. Yeah. Um, and this is probably the first year I really just don't want to play it. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I listen, I, I know that they put a lot of work into the campaign and that's fine. I honestly would be okay if they're going to keep releasing Call of Duties like this every year. I would be okay if they maintained Warzone because they want Warzone to be their like big shooter that, um, you know, multiplayer shooter that they keep going, which is fine. That's great. And they change it every year for the game type. So I would really honestly be okay if Call of Duty decided to release a campaign mode and within Warzone had like a constant multiplayer mode. 
I actually like, love Warzone. Warzone for that yeah. point. Yeah. Like yeah. Warzone's so, like so accessible. That's part of the reason I like it. I don't feel pressure like I'm missing anything. I can just sign on yeah. whenever and play a few games, you know? Yeah. So Warzone is constant. So what if they added just a team deathmatch that could also be like a mode in within Warzone, like a different category? Because that is free to play. They still have their battle pass. And let's be real, these blueprint guns that you can get, that you can buy every season, do they do hold the meta. So it's kind of pay to win sometimes. So if you still keep that keep that um, model going, you could just have a free-to-play like team deathmatch, like the core game modes within Warzone like as a separate playlist, and then just release campaigns every year. So we're not having to constantly adjust for like, oh, well, Black Ops... Uh, Cold War had lower TTK. I really like that better. There are only certain game modes that I, I liked better there. Like, I want to play zombies there. Um, versus now with Vanguard, this is the first Call of Duty that I've seen the community kind of torn on, like, well, do I buy this right now? Do I wait for a sale? Like, I a lot of people were very disappointed about uh, zombies and how that was being treated. So I, it's the first Call of Duty where people are like, hmm, maybe maybe I'm okay. Now. <laughs> so many great games competing with it right now. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you know, took the words out of my mouth, problem. Justin. It's I, I, I enjoy the campaign. Typically, enjoy the Call of Duty campaign every year. I don't play multiplayer anymore, but um, yeah, I've I've had a good time with most of the campaigns, uh, in especially in recent years. But this one, yeah, I just don't, I don't see myself having the time to get to it because there are a bunch of other games that I really want to spend more time with. I mean, I'm gonna be playing Halo. Period come yeah. December 8th. That's it. Um, uh, it's, mm -hmm. Halo is going to be it. And I want to get some time on the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, as you mentioned, Destin, before then. Uh, I've got plenty more to do in Forza Horizon 5, which is so just, you know, we spent 20 minutes talking about that. So it's, uh, yeah, there's just, it's a, it's a tough, tough year for, uh, for a game, for something a little, you know, less exciting like vanguard uh, in terms of the other call of duties relative to the other call of duties to to try and wedge itself into your playlist and the good news at least i guess is uh, next year uh, talking about should you wait and just play next year and skip this one it should be infinity ward's turn next year which me which means it's almost certainly modern warfare 2 the sequel to the reboot of Modern Warfare, which I thought was excellent. Mm -hmm. I did the campaign review for that, gave it an eight, uh, whenever that was. I guess would have been three, two, two years ago now, and it'll be three years when it's their turn again next year. So, yeah, probably Modern Warfare 2 next year if, uh, if Vanguard wasn't your jam this year. All right, we are uh, quickly running out of time. We've been talking a lot. I want to talk real quick about a few game delays, because that's the reality of the industry, and we are always happy to see developers get more time, but we want to pass these bits of delay news along to you. Firaxis has delayed Marvel's Midnight Suns into the second half of next year. Destin, uh, this reminded me of Batman Arkham Knight because it was only just announced and they were like March 2022. It yeah. was announced at Gamescom and now they're like, oh, actually, no, it's going to be probably six months after that. Ryan, I feel like I'm the only one showing this game any love. Uh, I'm really, really excited for Marvel's Midnight Suns, actually. It reminds me of the card game, I believe it was called Overpower back in the day. Like, I immediately made that correlation. Uh, people have been really, really hard on this game once they found out it was a card battler. But it, it's yeah. like, it's it's X 
XCOM and they, it's still like XCOM just with cards. So it's not vastly different. I don't know. I mean, I'll wait to come to my final conclusion once I played it, but it's still a great, I assume, going to be a great Marvel story where we get to check out all these new characters and learn about the Midnight Midnight Suns. So I think it's just the visual aesthetic, honestly, that's really, really causing it to get so much uh, vitriol towards it. I'm actually really excited for Marvel Midnight Suns. I'm glad it's being delayed out of yeah. this crazy window we're just talking about how there's so many games competing for your attention right now you know and there's just been some really really great titles this these last few weeks and then going forward it seems like we're going to be getting some other great games so uh unfortunate that it <laughs> it was delayed so quickly after being announced but i think part of that is the reaction that i was discussing i think they're like okay well we're gonna rework some things and maybe and figure out yeah they didn't say that their statement was i mean hey it's a corporate statement yeah yeah uh from two, take two which says while we don't take delays lightly we know that our proven success has been rooted firmly in our player first approach and unwavering commitment to delivering the highest quality entertainment experiences we believe it is far better to provide the extra time needed for a product especially a new ip which i guess suggests they want to do, they want Fraxis to do at least a couple of these to reach its full potential and drive long-term success as a permanent franchise in our industry-leading portfolio. So I'm all about oh. that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's Miranda. What was that reaction? Why do you have that reaction? I'm just surprised. It's like to reach its full potential and drive long-term success as a permanent franchise. Like it's just very firm of like we're making this a thing. Right. Like they want this to be a thing for them. And I know there's a lot of popularity with uh, card battlers in like certain groups, but I think it is still kind of niche in a way. Right. Um, I think we've I think saw a, a lot of that. Sorry, we just saw a lot of that in like the indie space. And I think that's really where it's taken off as far as what mm -hmm. I've seen for the most part. Yeah. And I, I think it gets associated with like mobile or or something that's seen as less yes. currently, you yes. know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's unfortunate yeah. because it limits what a, a developer can do in, in a lot of ways. No, yeah. And I think that's maybe a reason they really just wanted to give this some extra time to make it look as cool as they want it to be. Um, I, I haven't, I don't have too much experience with card battlers. So I am curious to see like what their vision is for this, like, or their final vision is for this, because um, I may not be like the biggest Marvel fan, but I think this could be really cool. So um, no. I'm curious. When so IGN, we got to do the gameplay reveal of this as a big like produced live stream exclusive thing we we worked on with uh, with Firaxis, and I'll just I'll pass along what they said and people can take it or leave it. But as far as the card thing, I mean I agree with you. I think they should have messaged it like they should have kind of warned people and and <laughs> like yeah. set the expectation a little better instead of yeah instead of uh, people being surprised that it wasn't. A, a turn based you know xcom uh like more of a just marvel xcom but the the their explanation for why it's card based is they said well in xcom you can miss on a turn yeah but these are superheroes and they don't miss so the idea is that you're just you're getting these cards from the deck and it's just like you're gonna do something cool every <laughs> turn it's just a question of like how powerful and how cool. So that that was I'm like, and I, that does make sense to me. Um, it doesn't change the fact that a lot of you know the, the reaction was pretty negative to the the card based aspect of it. But I'll say for my part, as always, 
there are, there are going to be a million other video games we can play in March instead of this while they take more time to polish it up. And B, uh, it's Firaxis, and their track record suggests it's going to be a good game whenever it comes out. So <laughs> that's that. Uh, and then two other notable delays before we move on to trivia quickly, but two big Blizzard delays, Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4. In an SEC filing, Activision Blizzard confirmed that it was anticipating a financial uplift from the release of Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 in 2022, but that's no longer the case after the delay. They've never, neither one has actually officially relieved, uh, received a release window, but it seems as if behind the scenes the company was aiming for 2022 on them. Activision's statement is, quote, these are two of the most eagerly anticipated titles in the industry, and our teams have made great strides toward completion in recent quarters. But we believe giving the team some extra time to complete production and continue growing their creative resources to support the titles after launch will ensure that these releases delight and engage their communities for many years in the future. Uh, Miranda, I don't know about you. I, I never expected Diablo 4 in 2022, <laughs> so it's really no biggie for me. Uh, Overwatch 2 is a little bit more of a surprise. I would have thought that would have been about ready by now. Right. I feel like that was announced a long time ago at this point. I know it wasn't terribly long ago, but it's been a substantial time for them on development of that. And I'm I'm sure like if, if I were still playing Overwatch, I think in a way I'd actually be a little relieved because... You know, you just get some more time with what you have still. Um, and hearing that they want to give more time to developing what Overwatch 2 is and making like a substantial change, because that's, I think, some of the concerns that didn't really feel like, like, what's the point of this, right? Like, you have this ongoing game. Why try to relaunch it? Like, what's the point of that? So I think so long as they stick a landing and say, hey, here's actually why we want to redo this and make it the second version of this, uh, that'll be important. Overwatch 2 makes no sense to me whatsoever. No, it, I th it should just be like an expansion for Overwatch 1. You have this amazing foundation. You have tons of players there already, and you're going to ask them, you're going to split your audience. You know, a lot of people are going to go to Overwatch 2. Some will stay in Overwatch 1. It's just such a weird decision to do that to that game to me. Diablo 4 looks awesome. I'm sure Diablo 4 is going to be great. I'm totally fine with it being delayed. The whole Overwatch 2 announcement and like this delay this delay is extra weird also because like it's being played competitively. It's like, what's, what's the angle there? So you're going to be watching people play Overwatch 2. You only have access to Overwatch 1. Like, what is going on with Overwatch? It's so strange to me. Stella, yeah. are you an Overwatch player? I, I was. Um, I actually got to play uh, the Overwatch 2 demo at BlizzCon before, um, you know, the pandemic and everything hit. I think yeah. it was like two, three years ago now. Yeah. Uh, did I play that differently from Overwatch 1 now? I mean, uh, Overwatch 2, they said that they're going to bring in more PV PvE stuff, which is cool. But if you've played any of the events where they do the PvE stuff, it's basically just like more chapters of that. It's just longer segments of that PvE segment that you've played before. So in my opinion, I, I genuinely feel like I don't want that in an Overwatch 2. Like, I don't need that. I know a lot of people were like, oh, a PvE thing would be cool. Sure, that's fine. But I don't think we needed an entirely new game. I think a lot of people think that Overwatch 2 is like, oh, the answer to, to um, you know, helping Overwatch grow. That's not the problem. Overwatch has suffered from content drought for years now. So many people have been dropping off. Even Overwatch League players have been dropping out because they can make more money streaming on their own than actually competing. 
And with the competing aspect, I believe that they're going to be sticking with Overwatch 1 until Overwatch 2's beta comes out or something, and then they'll mm-hmm. switch to that. So there's just a whole lot of stuff that's going on right now, and it, it just kind of shines a light on how the community and the developers have kind of lost touch because Overwatch is suffering from a lack of updates, a lack of content. And, I mean, Overwatch has already gone through some character redesigns or, like, reworks, and it's like, that's not what we wanted. We want more content. We Give us more maps. Give us something else. And the fact that they're coming up with Overwatch 2 that doesn't really add much else except for, like, graphical overhauls and the PvE stuff. It's very disappointing. Yeah. Especially after the phenomenal character vignettes that they were doing. And, like, I was actually, even though I wasn't actively playing Overwatch, I was invested in finding out the next story about the characters in this world. Like, their origin stories, how they came together as a team. And then everything just sort of fell off the map. And Overwatch 2 came, and I'm just like, I'm out. (laughs) It really hit a sour note for me. It's just... The community has just been disappointed time and time and time again, and there are the dedicated people who continue to play, but for the most part, a lot of people have dropped off because it's just, first of all, the matchmaking system they have now just takes entirely too long, so players are like, well, I don't want to wait 30 minutes just to get into a match, so I'll go play something else. So it's pretty bad. It's it's gotten really bad to the point where people are just not wanting to queue anymore, me included. I tried to play it a few months back. And I was like, oh my god, I have to wait 15 minutes as a healer, like 30 minutes as DPS. I, no thank you. Like, this this is not it for me. <laughs> well, Blizzard's got at least an extra year now to, uh, to figure out what they're doing with Overwatch 2 and with Diablo 4 as well, which is, uh, Diablo 4 is very high on my wish list, so I hope they get it right, because that is a hell of a legacy, no pun intended, <laughs> to live up to for Diablo Uh, All right, we are out of time. It has been a very busy show. But again, there is a lot more Unlocked coming your way over the next week. So join Miranda and I for a quick conversation about our experience, our respective experiences playing the Halo Infinite campaign this Thursday uh, on the Unlocked, well, the IGN Games YouTube channel here. Uh, And of course, read and watch her preview. Uh, Spoiler, her, not spoiler, not really, her actual written preview is about twice as long as her video because you know we can't make hour-long videos about <laughs> no nobody would God, nobody imagine. would make it through the entire thing uh. so uh <laughs> it's a very long video preview but it's an even longer written preview miranda you did a great job Thank on it you. i can't wait for everybody to see it but you and i will talk on camera that day as well so we can have more of a just dynamic conversation about it look out for that and again monday or yes the 15th the 20th anniversary There's the Xbox anniversary live stream and then our special episode of Unlocked with our special guest. Look out for that. And then Tuesday, our regular episode to cover whatever happens in the world of Xbox between now and then. So uh, for Super Producer Red, for Miranda Sanchez, Stella Chung and Destin Legary, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Unlocked 519 and we'll see you again very soon. We are the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, a reader, writer, liver, and breather of comic books. And I'm Nat, and I know absolutely nothing about comics. Which makes both of us authorities in our respective fields. Exactly. Hey, wait. On Comic Sans, I make Nat read some of my favorite comics, including Sandman, Saga, and Lore Olympus. And Yen tells me what makes that comic special. 
then I hear what Nat thinks and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism while I actively try to give him one. Listen to Comic Sans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can already binge our first season and we just released a special bonus episode on Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, Nat, before we go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can tell me what Comic-Con is. Is it related to Chili Con Carn? Do you mean Chili Con Carne? Maybe we should be Chili Sans. Mm-hmm.